Shisha Baba. Must be nice to not have neighbors. <laughs> we have to go back. Welcome back to the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. I'm Ricky. I'm Grayson. And today, because the live action slash completely CGI'd uh, Lion King is coming out, it looks like it's live action. Yeah. Uh, We decided to look back at the untold story from Lion King, Mm -hmm. known simply as Lion King One and a Half. Or, depending or, on yeah. yeah, when you saw this movie, uh, Lion King 3, technically? Yeah, they called it Lion King 1 and a half, and then they were like, mm, maybe that's confusing. But it was more confusing to change the name of the movie. Yeah, after you've already, you just need to double down on the title. For mm-hmm. If you don't know about Lion King 1 and a half, I need to weirdly go into what Lion King 2 is, and also some other Shakespeare things, like all good Lion King reviews do. So uh, in 1998, they made a sequel to the original 1994 Lion King, which was called Lion King 2 colon Simba's Pride. Mm. Um, Now, Simba's Pride followed uh, Simba having a daughter and her story kind of paralleling Simba's journey when he grew up. Uh, it follows uh, Timon and Pumbaa being the advisors to um, his daughter. Oh. The story for Lion King 2 is uh, Simba's daughter is the key to a resolution of a bitter feud between Simba's pride and the outcast pride led by the mate of Scar. So there's Kovu, who is the son of Scar. Um, and there's like this almost Romeo Juliet kind of thing going because Disney said, listen, if we're going to borrow from a Shakespeare story, why not keep borrowing from more Shakespeare stories? Oh, that Uh, makes sense. That checks out. Yeah. And so that is where we then get Lion King one and a half or three, because it did technically come out after Lion King one, then two, because that's how counting works. Mm. Uh, But the, story takes place in between Lion King 1 and Lion King 2. It's more like a meanwhile to Lion King 1. Right. So they hadn't done Lion King 2 yet, correct? No, they did. So They did. Uh, Lion- okay. So Lion King 3 came out in 2004. Oh, I see. I see. I haven't seen Lion King 2 except for the first five minutes at a hotel room in Hawaii. And then I was like, I'm in Hawaii. I'm not going to sit around and watch TV. And I turned it off. So uh, I haven't gotten all of Lion King 2. But uh, I guess you don't need to have seen it to enjoy this because this happens before. Right. Yeah. yeah. And those um, those cultured to the, uh, the, the film of the stage, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, will also recognize some parallels that this has to another Hamlet spinoff. Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead. Yeah. Uh, so in 1966, there was a play uh, by Tom Stoppard. It is a perspective flip of Hamlet, uh, heavily inspired by Waiting for Godot. Uh, and there is a 1990 film version starring Gary Oldman as Rosencrantz and wow. Tim Roth as Guildenstern. 
Wow. I yeah. have to see that now. Right? Yeah. Right? Bye. <laughs> and so basically this whole story uh, is a very tongue-in-cheek story about how uh, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern, who have very small roles uh, in Hamlet, basically have a whole adventure because their characters weren't given a lot of history or backstory, they kind of only know what their lines are in reference to Hamlet. And so it's, it's a very tongue-in-cheek, very fourth-wall type of movie uh, that became very popular, especially in the 90s with the um, film version. And so that's basically what Lanky One Half does. It takes the story of Timon and Pumbaa and parallels it to what was actually happening during mm. the whole tale of Lion King, because you, of all the things that came from Lion King, uh, besides all the merchandise and, you know, the remakes and uh, even the actual movie sequels, Timon and Pumbaa as characters have become icons. They even had yeah. their own animated series after Lion King on the Disney afternoon, just simply called Timon and Pumbaa. Uh, I remember before one Disney movie, I can't even remember the one, but I saw it a lot. Timon and Pumbaa, they made like an animated music video uh, starring Timon and Pumbaa with them singing the song Stand By Me. Uh, and the whole shtick was basically anytime that Pumbaa wasn't standing by Timon, who was mostly singing the song, he just kept on getting harmed or damaged like throughout like random oh. spaceships would like come in and crash down and hit them. It's like they, 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 they were the genie to mm -hmm. the lion King. Like they kind of became their own kind of breakout characters that everyone really loved. Uh, like myself, like how you're a breakout character that everyone really loves. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> That's exactly what I'm saying. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Any other thing I could be saying, I don't want to say it anymore. That's how I interpret the syntax. <laughs> That sounds really familiar. I saw that same that same short, but I can't remember what it was before. Uh, but yeah, Timon and Pumbaa, I feel they're like those kind of characters that it's hard to remember a time before them. Um, and they've, they've, they've always just kind of been like these little friends uh, that you could look to. And so it was cool to see this movie because have, have you seen this before? Oh, yeah. I, oh, okay. I own it at my parents' home. Uh, on the DVD. Mm, mm. Yeah, I never did. but uh, And it wasn't playing in any hotel rooms I was staying at. But it was a blast to watch. I was laughing out loud throughout this movie. And I knew what it was. And I'd always liked the idea of a one and a half story. Because uh, I love a good meanwhile. And the justifications for why things were happening in the first one because of them, brilliant. Like, yeah. that's the game all the way through. Everything from them having to bow to saying, like, we moved to the theater district. Yes. Uh, I, I love it all. And uh, it's very, like you said, tongue-in-cheek and self-referential. And, uh, I, yeah, I was blown away. I That was the biggest thing for me. Like, the writing, I did not expect to be at that level, uh, even though... There's a little bit of research. I did some research for this episode, Ricky. Congratulations. Uh, yeah, yeah, thanks, man. Uh, even though uh, they did win and got nominated for several awards because of this, because it was a straight-to-DVD or home VHS release, uh, but they, they won uh, at the DVD awards, because that used to be 
uh, a thing. <laughs> and uh, the big win was they got Best Home Entertainment Production, which I think is a big one at those awards. Um, wow. It's like the DVD exclusive awards. And But legitimately a huge deal. They won the Annie Award in 2005. Um, and Annie's, if you're not familiar with those, like those are the Oscars of animation. Sure, you can make a case that the Oscars are the Oscars of animation, but the Annie's, you know, that's, you know, they know what they're talking about, really, in the animation world. Yeah, they don't just give it to the first Pixar movie that they see. They really think about it. Although that joke doesn't work now because Into the Spider-Verse won. So what am I talking about? And the squash and stretch goes to... (laughs) They're very good. Thank you. Thank you. Good. I did not anticipate that joke. All right. Who is our demographic for this podcast? Uh, Well, so like you said, this was a straight to video movie. And this is uh, during the era of Disney saying, wait, we can make our own sequels. This is so great. Um on the first day of sales, the film sold 1.5 million DVD units. And in its first three days of release, the film generated about $55 million in sales. Hmm. Uh, and by the end of March 2004, 6 million DVDs and VHS copies of the film had been sold in North America. Yeah, I, the idea for this movie, I think, really compelled parents to want to buy it because it, it's like, oh, my kids love Lion King and this is basically Lion King again. Uh, yes, here's here's a bunch of money. Uh, please take please take the money that I have. Um, it's very similar to like the I don't remember what it was called, but Bell's Christmas Stockholm Syndrome movie uh, <laughs> that takes place like during a song. Uh, it reminded me of that. Yeah. Yes. Yes. No, yeah, it literally happens, like, not, like, just during the song. It's just, like, hey, so they sing the song, and the song kind of montages, like, passages of time. In the middle of a cross-dissolve, that's where (laughs) Belle's Christmas special takes place. What a great metaphor for life. Aren't we all just living in the middle of a cross-dissolve? Aren't we all? Aren't we all? That little dash on your grave is your cross-dissolve. Oh wow! I gotta, I gotta go. I, uh, I gotta go back to Hawaii. <laughs> I gotta go live my life. Turn the TV off. I gotta live my dash. Live your dash. Live your cross uh, dissolve. <laughs> oh man, I, I love this movie. Uh, I remember the first time I watched it, I, I was just so impressed because I love Timon and Pumbaa, and the just the sheer concept of doing a meanwhile story mm-hmm. uh for just a classic tale like i would i would love to see actually you know what? i'm gonna save this for recast remake i'm mm-hmm. just gonna save it for then oh, yeah. but overall i i really enjoyed watching it and really seeing the relationship between timon pumba and simba because at one point in time they say yeah something we weren't expecting parenting and i'm like oh Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. Because like even in um at the end of Can You Feel the Love Tonight, they say in short, our pal is doomed. So I yeah. just always saw them as just like, yeah, they're just best friends. But I'm like, oh no, these guys are like his father figures. Like, right. oh no, they like kind of raised him. Mm-hmm. Like, that's very sweet and completely changed Lion King for me. Because now I'm like way more emotional about them. Like. Like becoming surrogate father figures to him, yeah. and 
Oh man, I, I that that's just something I never really connected to uh, before. That I was like, oh, Timon and Pumbaa raise Simba. Yeah, they do a great job at answering questions I didn't know I had, yeah. like where did they get Hakuna Matata? I'm like, Rafiki gave him Hakuna Matata. That's amazing. Yeah. Like, how did they meet? That's great. How did Han Solo get his last name? All of these are questions I didn't know that I needed answered. Yes. And uh, they were. Really, that's exactly what this is. This is the solo of the Lion King universe. Yes, this is a Lion King side. Story. Yes, these two side characters that uh, get a get a motion picture. Yeah, I'm just waiting for Lion King one and two thirds when we finally see what Zazu has been up to the whole movie. So almost all the characters yeah. reprise their roles, like with the exception of Royan Atkinson, who I think had some scheduling conflicts and Jonathan Taylor Thomas, because he was not a uh, 90s child anymore. Mm. Um, almost everyone else came back. Yeah. Uh, like Timon and Pumbaa original voices, uh, Matthew Broderick came back as like grown up Simba. And from my understanding and my research, he kind of does any chance he gets because you know, who wouldn't? Uh, Rafiki he never takes a day off. That's <laughs> never, true. yeah, that's right. If, if we can't do that bit two weeks in a row, <laughs> can't we though? Can't we? Shan't we? <laughs> yeah, Rafiki. Yeah, Robert um, Guillaume came back, uh, which I always love me some Robert Guillaume. So yeah, the yeah. hyenas. Oh came right, back. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Whoopi and Cheech and yeah, Jim Cummings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so I thought that was very impressive, but also very surprised. Uh, Julie Kavner oh, yeah. uh, played Timon's mom. Uh, and I was like, why does her voice sound so familiar? Marge Simpson. Yeah. Yeah, with the Marge Simpson voice. Yeah, I, there there were sev- several moments <laughs> where she did get a little raspy where she's like, oh, oh, homie. That, that's my dead on uh, Marge impression. Mm-hmm. Um, but other times I was like, that voice kind of sounds familiar. And then I was like, yeah, look, it's Marge. Um. <laughs> And, of course, you know, the legendary, uh, I mean, who else could you get? Uh, Jerry Stiller as Uncle Max. Yeah, uh, was, was that is great. a great question. Who else can you get? And uh, I think I got the only recast coming up that uh, that could possibly even get close to Jerry Stiller. But you're right. Jerry Stiller is the man. Oh, I yeah. love Jerry Stiller. Yeah. All right, Grayson. Now we are going to go into the part of the show that I like to call Head the Can, Head the Head the Cannon, Head the Cannon, Head the Head the Cannon, Head the Cannon, Head the Head the Cannon, Quick Before the Head Cannon Come. I was laughing out loud at that song in the film about Dig a Tunnel, Dig Dig a Tunnel. Oh, it could have just been that. And I would have paid 20 bucks on iTunes for it. Uh, Headcan is a part of the show where we share a few unique ideas about the movie and untold stories based on evidence provided by the film, which mm. really mm-hmm. is, is this movie anything other than a headcanon? It really is a headcanon. It was so hard to come up with anything legitimate for this movie because, uh, it's like, this would be what we would suggest. Exactly. So, yeah, I don't, uh, I think my, oh, my, the only piece of headcanon that I would have. Um, 
is the because all the Disney characters are watching yeah. this film and he's like, Oh yeah, we've played the movie forward in reverse. Um, is that Lion King itself is a play. Um mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and like the in the world, like kind of like it, it exists in to use like other movie terms, like it lives in Toontown, like in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Oh goodness. Like in Who Framed Roger Rabbit, mm. Lion King is Hamlet. It is like a it's, it's oh, like a Shakespearean play. People know it. They're People fans know. of it. It's yeah. like Kill Bill in the Tarantino universe. Yes. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. I get that. Um, my justification for why they're watching it is that Lion King is actually a nature documentary, which is why they can fast forward. They understand what they're saying, but to us, it would just look like planet Earth. Right. And you'd have Mr. Attenborough narrating <laughs> along with it. Um, but yeah, I that that's the closest I could come. What I appreciate, though, is that the headcanon of all Disney movies exist in the same universe is confirmed by this movie. So this legitimizes every Disney to Disney headcanon we've ever had. Yeah. And beyond. So whenever someone says, no, that's not their ship at the bottom of the ocean or Ariel couldn't have so-and-so Lion King one and a half. Mm -hmm. It's there. It is there. Uh, Yeah. Did you have any other headcanon? No. <laughs> no, and yeah, it's difficult. So none of these are really headcanon. They're more just thoughts I jotted down as as they came up being like, could that be headcanon? They really aren't. Uh the first one, it was uh, a pop culture reference, but when they're in the elephant graveyard, Timon peeks his head above one of the the bone pieces and says, "I see carnivores." Being like a I see dead people parody. If you follow that logic, you realize Timon was a carnivore the whole time. Headcanon. Um, <laughs> my second headcanon is that uh, Timon is actually a flat earther. And uh, mostly because of his fear of the edge of the waterfall. Uh, and he's, he's questioning that. He falls over the edge of things a lot. Um, and the fact that right after that, they pause it to go get a snack break. What song does he sing? Small World. Not only is the world small, it's flat. So, headcanon. And um, <laughs> my third one crosses over into the Netflix realm of their animated content. But uh, I believe that the sing-along ladybug that follows along, gets eaten, and eventually falls off the words and dies... Mm-hmm. Um, is the same ladybug from Big Mouth because it's a moment where they're breaking the fourth ah. wall and that is exclusively what the ladybug on Big Mouth does. So that's that's where that bug learned that trick. Headcanon. Wow. Yeah. That's solid. That is grasping at some straws, which they no longer import into Hawaii. <laughs> oh, I love it's it. Bad for the planet. Oh. <laughs> All right, now we're going to go into the part of the show where we like to talk to you about recast and remakes. Recast and remake. I'm trying something new. I liked it. <laughs> I don't know what I, I tried to do like it's a moan, but it really wasn't anything. Recast and remake. I can't do it. I am not Nathan Lane as much as I wish I was. Oh, don't we all? So if this movie were to be made today, who would you cast? What would the storyline be? I'm going to switch it up a little bit, Grayson. Oh. Uh, because I, I love the... 
one and a half concept. I love that shell for a movie. Yeah. So instead of recasting, remaking Lion King one and a half, mm-hmm. what movie would you want to be one and a half? Oh, that's a that's a great uh great question. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's basically what Wicked is, you know. It really like, is. Oh, that's a good call. Yeah, Wicked is the the Wizard of Oz one and a half. Yeah. I yeah. would love to see a GD meanwhile. Like, granted, he would just be in his lamp, but like, what other adventures could he be going on in the lamp? Like, yeah. how big is the itty bitty living space? Because we've seen the genie can shrink. Um, but I think that that would be a really fun movie. Yeah, I uh, I really enjoy that. I would love to love to see that as well. They kind of teed that up in the in the live action. I felt like. Oh yeah, uh, that they could explore his whole life, but uh, yeah, well, I think a genie's movie was in development before the Aladdin remake. Mm, mm, mm. I think it was yeah. supposed to be called Genies. Yeah, all these genies. What are you gonna do? What you gonna do when they wish grant you? <laughs> Probably live life to the fullest. Be mm-hmm. my guess. Yeah, yeah. I would really like to see. I got to go back to what we did. Episode one of oh, this yeah. show, Ricky. Do it, Grayson. I, I got a one and a half Back to the Future, but the question is, which character? Now, yeah, you could do George or Biff or any of those, but if you really want a true one and a half experience, I think you got to go with Terry the Mechanic from Back <laughs> to the Future. Because he was there in 1955. He's also there in the future, in the second one. He saw a lot of what was happening. And he says, I wish I could go back, put some money on the cubbies. I want to see why he didn't put some money on the cubbies. I want to see what happened after Biff stiffed him on the bill when he fixed up the manure accident. I want to know Terry's story. At what point did he start wearing two ties? I want to know the full Terry. And if we're connecting it back to, you know, who framed Roger Rabbit, the guy is the voice of Roger Rabbit. He can really bring that out. So it's Charles Fleischer. Get Charles Fleischer, his standalone Back to the Future film that we all didn't know we needed. And Hollywood and Disney, I know you're listening. And all I have to say is, please make it happen. It's a great Terry impression. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. So I would like just for the Avengers, mm-hmm. I, for just the MCU as a whole, I just want to see like basically they, they came out with a comic uh, after or right before the first Avengers movie called Nick Fury's Big Week. Oh, yeah. Because it basically shows you that like all of phase one basically happened over the course of like a week or two. Yeah, it's been. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I would love to see like multiple Nick Fury one and a half to like just the different phases mm. and just call it that Nick Fury colon Aspen. Yeah, they took well, it one I'm degree wait. farther and ABC has an entire show about it called Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Go so, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I also said I, I actually wrote this down before you before you asked the question, but I want to see a Lion King point five. Where uh, it's, I want to see Rafiki's origin story. Oh yeah, you know, before he became the you know wise crazy monkey that we know now, I mean, he probably started off as like a high-powered New York neurosurgeon, and then he learned the ways of the mystic arts. Yeah, 
how do I get to where you are? You know, like he had a mentor. <laughs> Who was it? Disney. I will pay any amount of money for yeah. Disney Plus just to just make the Rafiki standalone. Please make Hakuna Dormammu. I, that's <laughs> what I got to see. Perfect. Oh, I actually had a legitimate recast for this, too. Like, I know we got the cast back, but if they couldn't have got them back and they couldn't do this till today... Uh, I would love to see Yanziz and Sari as Timon, a uh, very different take on the character, course, but yeah. you're not going to replace Nathan Lane, so you got to make it totally different like they did with the genie. Um, I want Seth Rogen as Pumbaa, because, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, for the mom, I had Natasha Lyonne from Russian Doll, and uh, she is phenomenal, and she's got that same kind of energy. And then for Uncle Max... You can't replace Jerry Stiller, but if you did, you get someone that Jerry Stiller worked with very closely. They got the same spirit animal. I'm talking Larry David. Yes. You get Larry David digging holes, burrowing. Yep. No singing on century duty. I think he could uh, I think he could do it. Yeah. And you know the people from Seinfeld love being the voice of animated characters that live in colonies. They love it. They love it. They almost can't help themselves. In fact, they just can't help themselves. They can't help themselves. No. They cannot. They can't. That's why I have to dig all the tunnels because you can't can't help themselves. I do want to see the supercut, though. Not as a remake, but I want to see a recut of all the Lion Kings together. For the first time. Yeah. And also, just randomly, I should have brought this up earlier in the show. Did you know that a pack of lions was called a pride? Yeah. Okay, well, that just <laughs> added this out, Ricky, no. you dummy. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. That's why it's Pride Rock, yeah. I just thought it was a cool-sounding name. It is a cool-sounding name. It's a real cool-sounding name. And I laughed out loud of, of like, what a weird what a weird name for a rock. How can a rock be proud? It's a rock. It's like, oh, Timon and Pumbaa need their own podcast because they would oh. kill it. Yes. That's my, re- that's my remake. Remake this into a podcast. Just have, oh, man, Disney, Disney Plus. We, we would be happy, nay, honored to head up your podcasting arm of Disney Plus, um, where we just get Nathan Lane to rise his role as Timon. That's a pretty bold job interview, Ricky. Oh, I'm willing to do it. Just please. <laughs> Ernie Sabella, come back. All right, now we're going to go into our final segment where we give you reasons to recommend. So Grayson, why would you recommend Lion King one and a half? So I recommend Lion King one and a half slash three because the the writing is really funny. It's a legitimately funny movie. It's self-referential. I feel like it plays more to the parents than the kids. So watching it as a um, 30 plus year old, I really enjoy uh, the the style of humor that they have. It's almost like a mystery science theater for their own IP, which is really interesting. Um, and I love it because it it really reinforces that every character is the hero of their own story. 
and there is a story to be told. They were side, just plucky characters in the first movie, but they have depth to them. They they need belonging and a place to call home, and there's people in their lives that they care about. And um, I, I think, honestly, it, it would make us better people to remind ourselves of that, of the people in our lives, that the person that cuts you off on the road they could be a Timon and Pumbaa with their own lives. Uh, so, you know, like Rush Hour one and a half. Actually, I want to see Rush Hour one and a half. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. my goodness. But, you know, the one and a half of Miles from Lost uh, in Rush Hour one and a half. Yes. Um, but, yeah, I think it's a, a beautiful study of perspective. The art is still gorgeous. I love the landscapes in this movie. Huge, sweeping landscapes. Um, and ultimately, it's a great almost parody of Lion King uh, where you're getting to, uh, I don't want to say relive the magic, but you're, you're able to take something that was so like held in such esteem and then kind of have fun with it and see it from a different angle. Like they're standing behind the, I just can't wait to be King uh, dance crew or they're trying to pull these mission impossible scenarios during, can you feel the love tonight? And it, it, it never at any point feels like they're too serious to have fun. And that's, uh, you have fun with them because of that. So if you've seen, I should say this, I recommend it only if you have seen the first Lion King. Otherwise, do the homework and then come see Lion King one and a half because it's, uh, it's, it's hilarious. It's a really funny movie worth checking out. Yeah, I, I would echo that sentiment also because... Because they don't take themselves too seriously to have fun, but also they don't have so much fun that they aren't afraid to take themselves seriously. Like, I sure. think adding the element that, like, oh, yeah, Timon and Pumbaa, like, Ray Simba is mm. a very great thing that, you know, like you said, this is a headcanon movie. And some of the fun about headcanon is that you get to add depth and different meaning to the original film. And I think that they actually achieve that with this very silly uh, fourth wall breaking movie that you wouldn't expect Disney to do. Yeah. Uh, it was this, almost like a Deadpool movie. Exactly. Like, this would be something I would imagine uh, like the DVD commentary for Space Jam. Like it's just, <laughs> uh, which by the way, it this oh. is... The DVD commentary for Space Jam is Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck like commenting over the movie. It's amazing. It's fantastic. That's it's... great. I do want a one and a half Bill Murray's character from Space Jam, though. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, and so, yeah, I, I'd recommend it because it it's a movie that shows you that there is always more story to tell with well-written characters. Mm-hmm. Um and I think it's fun. I think it's a good time. And it it's another movie that made me want to rewatch Lion King. And that is always a win for me. Um, oh, you just watched Hamlet? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Just got done watching the Fathom events oh, wow. of, uh, of Hamlet. And now I just want to watch Lion King. Wow. You must drink your Coca-Cola with your pinky in the air. <laughs> and that is our review of depending on where you're looking for it and finding it, or even saw it, Lion King one and a half or Lion King three, whichever search is better on SEO. 
You know what? Even the title sequence to this movie was a little confusing because it says The Lion King. And then two comes in. And then a one comes in to make it look like 12. And then another one comes in to make it look like 112. And then a fraction slash mark. And you're like, I don't know what just happened to this title screen. Okay, one and a half. Got it. One and a half. This is. That's so great. I wonder what the Lion King 3 title sequence looks like. It's. I hope it's the same thing, but just add a 3 to it. Yeah, no, it's that. It's the 2-1-1, the one, one, and then slash, and then it does it again with a plus. It's like one and a half plus, one and a half, line 3. Yeah, it's this whole problem. Yeah. But it's all done in like the Rafiki scroll. Yeah, he cracks open the the nut thing or whatever it yes. is, and he yeah, on a tree, yeah, because he, he's he... a neurosurgeon and good at math. <laughs> uh, Why no Rafiki standalone? Hmm? Yeah, it, it needs to happen. Twenty twenty. Uh, let us know what you remember about Lion King one and a half slash three on our social media in all places. We are at Flashback Flicks. And it would mean a lot to us if you left this show a five-star rating on a scale of one to five well-dug tunnels. How would you mm, rate this? Mm, yeah. And I understand the temptation to give us one and a half stars you know, just because of the title. <laughs> I get it. I get it. I just ask that you please don't. Because yeah, it's yeah. really going to, you know, like years from now, we're not going to understand why why our ratings are so low. Why do people hate our reviews? And in the future, if they are... I'm going to use this as the reason why, no matter what. No, no, it's it a one and a half thing. Sleep at night. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's the one and a half thing, man. Don't listen. It's a one and a half thing, Ricky. Remember the one and a half thing? Yeah, I I, I mean, vaguely. Or was yeah. it three? Which was it? it? Might have been three. I don't know. I, mean, I think it was just the tangents like this that drove it into the ground. <laughs> now we've earned the one and a half. Now I get it. Okay. At this point in Feel time. Feel free yeah. to give us a one and a half. I get it. And be sure to tune in next time right here on the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. Until then, remember to be kind and rewind. Next time on the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. Ricky, you know why I ultimately had to come back from Hawaii? Oh, why? Why was that? I was just lonely on the island. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. Uh, why is a lonely island? Mm. You know what also is a lonely island? What? The 2007 comedy hit Hot Rod. Mm. Oh, mm. yeah. Mm. Cool beans. Mm. Cool beans.